2: My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hempresent. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hempresent, shoot me an email at hempresent at gmail.com. I greatly enjoy hearing from you, the listener. Today's guest on Hempresent is Pato Banton. Pato is a reggae singer and toaster from Birmingham, England. In 1994, he achieved number one on the UK singles chart with a cover of the Equals Baby Come Back," featuring Robin and Ali Campbell of UB40. Pato has extensive discographies spanning three decades, which we'll get to in a minute. I'm honored to have him with me today in the virtual present studio. Welcome Pato to Cannabis Radio. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. Very, very, very happy to be here with you guys. Thank you for the invite. No problem, it's, it's great to talk to you again. Uh, Pato you you first came to public attention in the early 1980s uh, when you worked with the beat you recorded Pato and Roger a go talk with ranking Roger included mm-hmm. on the 1982 album special beat service, as I mentioned earlier you were one of the guest artists you appeared on the UB forty album, uh, Baga Rhythm, yep. 1985, and you did your album uh, with the mad professor mad professor captures Pato Banton, uh, which was followed in 1987 by the great song never give in one of my favorites of yours, uh-huh. uh, you collaborated with Paul Schaefer. Uh, And then you had a a follow-up with Pato and Roger come again. You've had such an illustrious career and you're still going strong. I want to get into what you're doing today, but first, how did you become involved in the reggae scene? How did Pato Banton get his start? Well,
3: basically um, I moved to Birmingham. I I was born in London and I moved to Birmingham at the age of eight. And um, my mom's new partner was a Jamaican DJ and our house became the community night spot for the community, Um, for everybody. It wasn't just a black community, it was for everybody. Indian, white, Chinese, black, everybody used to come to our house for music um, in the nighttime. And I started helping my dad when I was eight years old. And um, eventually, this was before reggae music even existed. It was still in the evolutionary process. And then once, reggae music came to the surface and I heard it when I was in my early teens. I was just like, wow, I am loving this style of music. <laughs> I had listened to Blue Beat, rock steady, ska, you know, all of the old time styles. But when reggae music came, it had an awesome laid back groove. It had a, a beautiful message of peace and love and one heart. It taught me about my African ancestry. It taught me about my spiritual ancestry. Um, So I fell in love with the music at a very young age and started to just, at first, just imitate the the artists that I really admired. And then eventually I started creating my own style um, while um, British MCs were blowing up in the UK. I was right in that era and um, never look back. You know, it, at first it was just a hobby, and um, it still is a hobby. But I'm just getting paid for it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're pretty, you're pretty good at this hobby, man. Um, so, so what was the reggae scene in England like uh, at that time? Were there reggae clubs where touring reggae artists could perform at?
3: Yes, it it it, it took a while, but after the bands like UB40 and the English Beat. Um, really just took over the scene, Um, everything opened up, because before that time, we were very segregated in England. It was a very, very racist, segregated country. Um, Existence for the Black community was very, very tough. But once the Black and white musicians got together, like the Specials, you know, um, so many great bands in England that were mixed, mixed race bands that it just blew the doors open you know everybody realized hold on we need to stop this now you know let's come together in peace and love and the majority of the country embraced the idea of coexisting. a few people held on to their supremacist ideals but the majority of the country embraced the idea and so for the first time we were allowed to get nightclubs and bars and um, Venue halls so that we could play music, and then all the pubs across the UK started opening up for the music too. Um, so yeah, it was just a thriving, thriving community
2: in the early eighties. Um, speaking of peace and love, it's it's obvious from your music and your social media posts that you're a man of great faith. Uh, can you talk about your religious beliefs for a moment and how they fuel your music?
3: Yeah, um, well, with reggae music you know, as you know with Bob Marley and all of the great reggae legends, they all sang about the Most High, they sang about Jah, some of them sang about Rastafari, some of them sang about God, you know, some of the gospel reggae artists sing about Jesus. Um, For me personally, I don't belong to a religion, you know. Um, I've studied the world's religions for 20 years, and after studying them, I came to the conclusion after finding a book called the Urantia book that, you know, I didn't need to belong to a religion. I just needed a personal relationship with God. And um, before I found this information, I was feeling like I was an outcast, like I was a religious outcast. But um, Jesus was also a religious outcast, you know? So um, when I found my faith, which has no name, Um, I would just call it being spiritual or spirituality, just having a personal, individual, unique relationship with God. Once I embraced that concept that God was my heavenly father, I started looking around and realizing that, hold on, if God is my heavenly father, that means that every person on this planet is my brother and sister because they're all God's children so that's why it's so easy for me to love everybody because now i realize that my family is universal and they say you can choose your friends but you can't choose your family so i may not be friends with a lot of the people in my spiritual family because some of us haven't evolved to the state yet of knowing how to coexist together peacefully but Um, it still doesn't mean that we're not family. Even if we don't agree, even though we have different behaviors and lifestyles and philosophies, we're still family. So that is my belief. And I believe that now that I've found my spiritual freedom, my liberty, I believe that I have a responsibility to share that with people who are willing to listen and who are seeking for their spiritual liberty, because a lot of people are in religious bondage. You know, they're slaves to fear. You know, they're afraid of hell. They're afraid of the wrath of God. You know, there's so many things that institutional religions try to build into your fear mechanism so that they keep you trapped. You know, I feel as though I'm a liberator, you know, a freedom fighter, spiritual freedom fighter, to liberate people, to make them realize that you don't need a middleman to talk to God. You can just close your eyes and you can talk to your heavenly father who loves you. No matter what you've done in the past, there's nothing you could have done that God is not willing to forgive and forget. You know, I've got children of my own and my kids don't have to be anything for me to love them. They don't have to do anything for me to love them. They're my children. I love them. And even when they do stuff that I don't agree with or that upsets me, I still love them. I'm just waiting for them to mature to the level where they can behave in a more adult way and a more appreciative way of life. And if I can love my children with that kind of unconditional love, and I'm just a human being, just above the level of animals, how much more does a spiritual, divine, infinite, eternal being like God, who created love, how much more does he love his children? You know, so that's my belief. That's my religion. And that's why I keep doing music, because I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to love as many people as I can, hug as many people as I can, share my music with as many people as I can, and remind as many people as I can, that you are all God's children and we are all one family, regardless of your religion, politics, sex,
2: whatever it is, we're
3: right. one
0: family.
2: You have an extensive discography that I mentioned, and you've released nearly three dozen albums, so many great songs like Never Give In and Don't Sniff Coke, or Go Pato, uh, but you put out what I considered the best song ever at detailing the myriad benefits that cannabis offers humanity. And that's your song called Legalize It. Not the send song. a letter
3: to the residents of the president.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> send a message to the president. <laughs> it's it's legalized, not the song by the title of Peter, Peter Tosh. I just oh, had yeah. Nia, I just had Peter's uh, youngest daughter, Nyambe Tosh, on just, just a few weeks ago. But wow. this, this song, and I want to play the song real quick. And then we can briefly talk about it. Uh, OK. All right. Ah,
3: listen a letter to the residence of the president with a stamp on the front saying very urgent the message inside when something like legalize it. Sensimila. Sensimila is a herb that grows naturally just like any other plant orchard. Natural as the birds, natural as the bees. And just like them, sense he ought to be free. To be grown anywhere that we please. In the city, in the town, and in the country. In the hills and in the valley. Sensei should be there for everyone to see me. Send a letter to the residence of the president. With a stamp on the front saying, very urgent. The message inside went something like, legalize it. Sensei me a lot of cost.
2: All right, man. What, what a great tune. I mean, you just nailed it. And, and it's basically, a, a, you know, it's like a, a college class about cannabis. What inspired you to write Legalize It and could describe your history and relationship with ganja? And we got a minute till the next break, and then we can pick it up.
3: All right. Well, my relationship with ganja was being a part of my dad's late night parties. Ganja was the thing that was acceptable. You know, they they didn't entertain anything else except for ganja in our parties. So um, I grew up around it, you know I, I probably hit my first joint when I was about nine, you know and um, traveling the world playing reggae music and singing you know, don't sniff Coke and mentioning ganja in my songs, I got a lot of fight you know, from the system, from some promoters, from certain media people. And I said, you know something, I'm tired of this fight from these uneducated people. I need to make a song that educates people about this beautiful, natural, healing herb. And so I decided to go and sit down and write, um, legalize it, letter to the president.
2: Awesome, awesome. It's one of my favorite songs. I'm talking to Pato Banton. We're gonna take a quick break and come back with our second segment, so don't go anywhere.
1: Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back.
0: Order your Shuggies now at S H O O G I E S or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take anywhere treat.
1: We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak.
2: And we are back with Pato Banton uh pato uh we just played your incredible song legalize it uh you and i met first when we performed you performed at the seattle hemp fest which i'm the director of in 2007 and i found you just man so humble so down to earth so easy to work with i'm just (laughs) curious have you played many other cannabis related festivals i
3: have i have
2: played quite a few actually and a lot of
3: the festival promoters and directors have always said that they really love my song legalize it (laughs) because of the educational value of the song. It's not just about puff, puff, pass, or I get high or just smoke weed. You
2: know, it's, it's making a stand for the qualities of marijuana. Yeah, well, you know, at, at Seattle Hemp Fest, we're in our 30th year and we've never had a serious injury accident or even, or fight or arrest. Um, and I think that's really because it's, it's cannabis. It's not alcohol <laughs> there, you that's know? That's right. That, that, that's the difference, you know, it's it's, right. it's a peace and love uh, herb, man, uh, you right. know, healing of the nations, right? That's right. And, you know, even last night,
3: some friends called me at 3.30 in the morning, um, waking, waking me and my wife up saying we were at a bar and we just had a big fight at the bar. And, you know, all kinds of drama. And we said, you know something, you guys need to stop drinking, go smoke some herb and chill out. <laughs>
2: <You> <laughs> yeah, know? man, that's the prescription, right?
3: Yeah, you know, if if you, you know, if you can't do alcohol in moderation, leave it alone and just enjoy herbs, you know, because the more you smoke is the more chill you'll be rather than getting aggressive and violent, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah man. I think that I saw that you're about to embark upon a pretty extensive tour. Is that right?
3: Yes, um, June and July look like they're very, very going to be very busy, especially July. We are doing a free concert tour that we've decided to give a gift back to the people after this COVID pandemic, you know, and quarantine. You know, we're inviting people to come back out. We're doing a lot of shows, mostly on the beaches, on the coastline, outdoor shows, free to the public. Um, So that they can, and and early enough for them to come out as a family and enjoy and have space outside with fresh air to enjoy some positive reggae music. So we already have 20 cities lined up in July, um, going from San Diego all the way up the West Coast, all the way up to Port Angeles, Washington, and then back down. So um, that's my baby right now that I'm, I'm working on. And the feedback has been really amazing. People have been telling me how much they appreciate this. You know, promoters are calling me saying, "Wow, this is a great idea. We want to contribute.
2: We want to be involved." So yeah, it's been a good thing. Well, you know, we're hopefully uh, coming out of this pandemic soon. Uh, things are already, already, already making much progress uh, here in the United States, anyway. Um, and the pandemic's just been so hard on everybody. I'm sure it's been probably you know very very difficult on your your career and your perform. Definitely. Form. Um, but but you know it, we like the, the power of music to heal and to to bring us together uh, and to rejoice. You know, uh, is just so so important. I think it's just so needed right now. Do you mm-hmm.
3: agree? I agree. I agree. It's very very important. You know, and, and some people underestimate the power of music. You know, music can touch the heart, can touch the soul, can can make people feel healthier and happier. You know, so, you know, not everybody during this pandemic right now can afford big paying tickets with limited audience capacity. So, you know, by going and doing a free tour, you know, it's not very popular for certain promoters. You know, they feel as though I'm devaluing myself. and You know by doing these free concerts in their market but you know sometimes you know a little sacrifice doesn't hurt so i'm very happy that i'm in a position to be able to do this and i know that once i get out there and start seeing the people hugging the people having prayer circles again with the people and playing the music for them it's just going to be a good time you know and i know it's going to inspire people to just you know be a bit happier and be a bit more positive about the future that's that's it's called a peace and love tour you know and and the, the it's about good news and positive vibes
2: um how, how about recordings are you working on anything any new projects right now is there anything that we can look forward to in the future from Pato Banton? yes
3: i'm working on what may probably be my last album it's called brother friend and um or call me your brother friend and um it's my alter ego name is brother friend and it's important for me to be a brother to my family but you know some brothers are not friends so i want to be a a brother and a friend to the people who i come in contact with and be of benefit to their life so it's going to be a very inspirational album it's gonna talk about some of the issues that's going on in the world right now um, on a very deep level, and but also on a constructive level, talk about some of the solutions to the problems that we're going through on this planet. Um, during the pandemic for the last year, I've actually been in the studio producing my wife's album and we ended up doing three albums for her. Wow. So um, She just launched the first one. We've got two more to launch. And um, while we're launching them, I've already got about 14 songs planned. Um, I haven't fully recorded them. Some of them are partially recorded. Um, some of them are partially written. But um, once I get her albums out of the way, I'm gonna take a break and just go in the studio and really write my masterpiece, you know, mm-hmm. and, and create something that is musically beautiful and bring that out for the people.
2: Well, I know our listeners will want to keep their their eyes out for your wife's uh, uh, material. What's your wife's uh, name? Her name is Antoinette Rootsdata.
3: And um, she's a brilliant keyboard player. She's played with many of the great reggae legends, you know, and um, she's my keyboard player. And I have encouraged her, you know, that it's time, time to come out of your shell and let your light shine. You know, so she was very reluctant at first and um, I had to really convince her, but now she's flying. She's just, she's on a roll. There's no stopping her now. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, Will. She's not only playing keyboards now, she's singing and she's rapping and emceeing. And the other day she was on Clubhouse playing her new album and Marcia Griffiths, one of the I3s from Bob Marley's band, marcia griffiths joined the clubhouse and was commenting and encouraging her saying wow your voice is amazing your singing is amazing keep it up girl and my wife is a big fan of marcia griffiths so she was just in heaven
2: <laughs> awesome man awesome. yeah she's
3: happy she's happy it's it's and that's you know what they say
2: it's... happy wife happy husband <laughs> <laughs> happy wife happy life <laughs> yeah man yeah. Now, did, did I just hear you say your last album? Yeah. What's up with that,
3: man? I don't know. You know, sometimes I feel as though I don't have long left on this planet, you know. So I treat everything as though it's the last, you know, <laughs> which means I treat it with extra special care yeah. and attention, thinking that knowing that what I'm doing is I'm leaving for generations to come so you know if i outlive the album you know if i live for a few years after the album then my next one will be the last one but for right now i'm treating this one as though it's my last precious baby and um, i'm nurturing it and taking my time to
2: make it right you just mentioned generations to come, and there's a whole new generation of music out there these days. I'm just curious, what, what's on your playlist, man? Is there anything uh, right now that's current that excites you, or, or what do you usually listen to uh, on your own time? Well, you know, to
3: be very, very honest with you, I hardly, <laughs> I hardly ever listen <laughs> music because I'm so embedded in music. Yeah, the, I, I do- understand. I did create a seven-CD box set called The Words of Christ, where I am narrating the words that Jesus said over some beautiful laid-back piano and string music, and that's where I get my source of inspiration and relaxation most of the time. I also did a second three-CD box set called The Words of Rastafari, where Antoinette redid some of the Bob Marley classics, instrumental versions, and I narrated the words of Emperor Haile Selassie over those three CDs. And Gang Records, Bob Marley's record label, actually released that album for me. And that is also something I sit down and listen to when I want to hear some words of inspiration. My wife listens to everything everything from phil collins to david bowie to morgan heritage to Buju banton you know she listens to everything so i get the full spectrum of music when i'm with my wife because she listens to music all the time but in my private space i just chill out and listen to some meditative stuff you know but nice you know, there's a lot of new artists that you know sound great Um, So, you know, I appreciate the new talent and I encourage them, you know, to keep shining. You are the next generation. Keep shining. Keep playing.
2: Right on. It's time to take another quick break. We're going to roach this segment, uh, but we're going to come right back for our final segment with some really uh, important info. So don't go anywhere. All
1: right. Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart. Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart Pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. Garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak.
2: We are back with international reggae s- sensation, Pato Banton. Um, Pato, you just you just mentioned that you're playing some free concerts, man, and uh, you know that's just so powerful. You're you're just always so positive. You know, I I follow you on social media, and I think it's just so refreshing that that you're an artist that actually um, uh, actually uh, connects with people. You know, you actually participate on your social media uh, yeah. platform uh, on on certainly on Facebook, um, and you interact with your fans and stuff, which I think is so so cool. Um, And now you're offering these free concerts, uh, which in this time right now, everybody's been so hurting, so hitting economically, uh, so devastated that that's just so profound. That's just so powerful that you are just really walking your talk, man, and you're giving back and you're giving this healing music to people uh, free of charge, man. I mean, I'm just so impressed. Thank you, brother. You know,
3: um, Facebook is my home. You know, I, I I really am not involved in any other social media platform. People have created stuff out there with my name on it, but you won't find me there. I'm on Facebook and I have one, two, three pages. I have my profile page, I have my fan page, um, and I have my spiritual family page, you know? And I, I have three Fs in my life. I call it um, fans, friends and family so those are my three sites um, on facebook and i do answer all of my messages any messages that people send me i answer them i have given my phone number to over a hundred thousand of my fans now and they can call me anytime they need right here on my cell phone you know i don't hide from my fans or my family they can call me anytime if they're thinking about suicide, if they're going through a rough time, if they want to get married, if they want to have a private party and invite me. You know, I speak to my fans all day, every day, as well as interacting with them on my social media page. And I keep telling them, you know, I may be Pat O'Banton, but that doesn't mean nothing to me. You know, I am not, I am a human being just like you. I am your brother, friend, and um, I want to be a part of your life. And, you know, I want you to be a part of my life. So that's the
2: relationship I have with, with the people, you know, who, who love my music. That's really beautiful. I mean, you, your humanity really comes out in, in your music and, 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 and really everything about you. And that's just so powerful. Um, I'm the same way. I, I I've got a Twitter account and I've got nine thousand LinkedIn connections and stuff. And mm-hmm. I just spend most of my time on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I'm and so and I'm always at the limit. You know, I'm I'm at the yes. actual limit. I got all these yes. requests coming in. And I, <laughs> I, I I can't even grant them. I feel frustrated. Uh-huh. You know? I feel bad like people think I'm dissing them or something, man. Yeah, but they but, can follow you. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And, that, and that's what they do. Um, we we still got uh, about probably thirty seconds here. Um, did you ever consider sending a message to the president? Did you, did you consider sending legalize it to the president? Actually, I did um, <laughs> to, to Barack
3: Obama. Nice, you know, nice. Um, and I think I'm going to send another one to Biden. You know? Yeah, man. You know, it is it is you know it's recreational in California now and and quite a few other states, but it needs to be you know rec- it needs to be decriminalized across the country. It, it, no one yeah. should have to worry about
2: having a joint, you know? Yeah, man. I think that's a great place to leave it, Pato. Uh, Thank you so much for for taking time out, man. I'm such a fan, and I just enjoy everything about you so much, man. Thanks for being so real. Thank you so much, Vivian, much love. All right, much love to you, bro. And that concludes this installment. Him in on Cannabis Radio. When it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Stay strong, my friends, and get involved in the struggle to end federal cannabis prohibition. Now it's time to turn up the music, Maestro, because I am out.
3: Marijuana!